You're listening to The Echoes with me, Emily Andrew, the self-development podcast that explores personal stories, powerful tools, and an insight into the wide world of mental, physical, and spiritual health. Get ready to get curious, be inspired, and connect in. Guess who recorded this entire episode only for the sound to mess up. (laughs) This is my penance for leaving this week's episode really late. Uh, So I guess what I'm going to do is give you a whistle-stop version because I'm pretty sure in the last episode that I just recorded, the one that will never be aired, I probably went around the houses as I tend to do. I'm going to give you the highlight reel. And we're going to be talking today about dysregulation. So if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that I did a reel about it the other day because dysregulation, or more importantly, nervous system dysregulation is one of those uh, buzz topics at the moment. And I think what is going to be really useful is just give you the basics of what it is what it feels like, what it looks like, how it appears in our lives. And we can start talking about how we actually re-regulate when we are dysregulated. So if you are watching this on YouTube, I apologize for the quality. Basically, everything's gone out the window this week. It was always bound to happen, wasn't it? Anyway, what is dysregulation? Essentially, it is a fancy way of saying when a system's out of balance. So we have various systems in our bodies, and that could be a physical system, a biochemical system, an emotional system, or a cognitive system. And when we describe these systems as dysregulated, it essentially means that they are out of whack. They're not working as optimally as they could. So this could happen in a really short space of time. It could be a short visit to the dysregulation park, or it could be a much longer term thing. So in early childhood, if we have a, a develop a sensitized stress response, then we are more likely to be susceptible to stress-related disorders like anxiety, depression, addictions, other mental and physical health issues, and they are really intertwined with dysregulation. What do I mean by that? Essentially, when we're in early childhood, we can develop a sensitized stress response because of either experiences that we go through, so whether that's trauma, abuse, neglect, whether that's physical or emotional, it could be a lack of secure attachment, it could be family dysfunctions, uh, mental health or addiction issues in the family, as well as genetic predispositions to certain hormone imbalances, for example. And the way that we develop as children is really indicative to the way that we are in adulthood when it comes to our nervous system, because essentially, subconsciously, we're working off blueprints that we created at a really young age. It, it, isn't, it doesn't mean that we can't change those, but if we are not aware of it, then we'll always be working off these blueprints. 
So if, if we have a highly sensitized stress response, then we will find ourselves possibly struggling with various kind of mental or physical issues that I, I mentioned earlier. So I'll tell you a quick story about how I have really experienced dysregulation in my life. There's been an influx in people who have been self-diagnosing themselves as having ADHD. And what I'm about to say is not meant to take away from any of these people's experience or say that they are incorrect. What I'm wanting to share is my experience of being in that position and some of the questions that I've ended up asking myself because of that. So when I read about ADHD and saw the Instagram reels and TikTok videos about, you know, ADHD mums look like this or, you know, those kind of things, I found myself ticking all the boxes, feeling really scattered, feeling quite kind of out of whack. I would walk into rooms and totally forget why I was in there. And then I'd go in for a task and then end up doing about five, six other tasks, half finished before going back to the original task to try and actually commit to that one. All of these different ways that ADHD can present itself, I found myself ticking. And I did start to wonder for a short period of time, like, um, could it, could it be me? Could I have ADHD? And when I was looking into dysregulation and stress and discovering more about it over the past year, I noticed that a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing could also be attributed to stress because chronic stress can lead to dysregulation in various elements. And actually, if you're dysregulated in one part of your system, you're most likely to be dysregulated in another, if not all. And I use the idea of stress because I think it's quite a universal feeling. I think most of us can probably identify as being stressed in one state or another. But when we are chronically stressed, we find that we are releasing more chemicals that are to do with the fight or flight response. So you've got your adrenaline and your cortisol. And what that does, if constantly triggered or, or high levels of that is appearing in us, in our bodies. So we're a lot less controlled and organized. We find it much more difficult to commit to tasks without getting distracted. And emotionally, we can feel really pent up. We can feel very sensitive. We can feel like we are going up and down in our mood without any real uh, trigger point necessarily. And physically, we might find that we're starting to have problems with our sleep. And that in turn will lead to a further state of stress, further dysregulation in all of those systems. We've got the hormones, which is the biochemical. We've got the physical, which is the sleep. We've got the emotional, which is the tense or restless feeling. And then we've got the cognitive, which is not being able to focus or perhaps feeling very scattered. So it was interesting for me to ask myself, could this just be that I am going through a period of my life where I am juggling a lot I am attempting to give my child the best that I can, as well as building a business. 
as well as just getting a house together and looking after a dog and being a wife and trying to be a good friend and family member? Is it just that all of the stress that I am under, even if I may not perhaps be outwardly very, very stressed, could this be contributing to some of these symptoms that I am thinking of myself as ADHD? And I guess the question or the answer for me was, what happens to those symptoms if I am less stressed? So if I regulate myself and take my body back into balance, my mind back into balance, do I still experience those symptoms? And it was a really interesting question for me. And what I want to really impress upon is that I'm not saying that ADHD isn't a real thing. It absolutely is, just as anxiety and depression and other mental health, physical health illnesses are. But I'm really in the business of trying to understand what's behind them. And as I said right at the start, it could be a trigger that lasts for a short period of time or it could be something that is a lot more inbuilt in us because of what we went through as children but I think being able to really understand yourself in that way is such an enlightening and empowering thing to be able to do which is why I want to talk a little bit about each of those parts so that perhaps we can start to question how does dysregulation show up in my life So when we talk about biochemical dysregulation, we're talking about the imbalance of hormones. So that could be the imbalance of production or the lack of certain hormones in our body. We know that low dopamine levels can contribute to a more sensitized response that could lead to addiction. Now, it's not a definite in all cases, but sometimes if we genetically have imbalances, it can lead or estimate that we may struggle with being able to regulate ourselves so therefore we look further into regulating ourselves by means of substances or behavior and those in themselves can become addictive processes which then further that state of dysregulation but it can also be imbalances in our neurotransmitter levels so these are the things that impact our mood and our cognitive function and We also can look at our immune system. So a lot of the people that have ever gone through stress will often find themselves feeling really burnt out, feeling quite uh, run down. And again, this could be a symptom of a dysregulated system. And I touched on the mood swings there, and that leads into that emotional dysregulation. So if we have experienced a traumatic event in our lives, we're more likely to try and self-regulate ourselves through our behaviors. So whether that is avoidance, trying to not feel our feelings, whether that is, you know, using substances or becoming very um, obsessive with our actions in order to control our external surroundings. And emotional regulations aren't just mood swings. It could be difficulty feeling our emotions. It could be wanting to suppress, not being able to really understand how we feel or how we express our emotions. We might constantly feel like we're not being understood because we're not able to express our emotions in a healthy 
or understandable way, which can cause us to have those rapid intense shifts in our emotions and the overreaction or the underreaction to external situations. And then we've also got that burnout, that mental dysregulation feeling. So when we're talking about cognitive mental stuff that is all about our concentration about our difficulty planning or following through on tasks whether that means our memory starts to go uh, we can't learn as well as perhaps we are able to because we are just feeling very scattered we find that kind of concentration or sustaining concentration difficult And in a really extreme case, that could be things like, it could look like hallucinations or feeling very disjointed from reality. And I think physically, when we're physically dysregulated, we almost take a lot of the physical symptoms of dysregulation as just a given. So the biggest thing that we could notice really is the impact on our sleep. So not being able to get to sleep, not being able to stay asleep, irregular sleep patterns or poor sleep hygiene or poor sleep health. Those are the, that's the thing that is most likely to be uh, showing up in terms of that physical area. But essentially, when we're talking about physical dysregulation, we're also talking about our inability to maintain homeostasis. So in terms of our blood pressure, in terms of our body temperature, in terms of the physiological functions of our body, it becomes more difficult for us to get those functioning at that optimal level. And that could end up looking like loss of balance, being a bit more clumsy, but less coordinated. And in the extreme, it could also come out as kind of tremors and involuntary movements like ticks. So that is literally the whistle-stop tour of some of the things we could experience when we are dysregulated in those systems. But what do we actually do about it? Now, if we are dysregulated in all systems because of stress, likelihood is talking about the stress isn't going to really do the job of helping us to re-regulate. Because essentially, we're not speaking in the body's language. If we're finding we're physically and biochemically dysregulated, just working on the cognitive on the mental side or trying to manage our emotions isn't necessarily going to help us in all levels. It may be a great start though. So that is why I really enjoy something like EFT because that is body and mind together. We know that the act of tapping the stimulation of acupressure points helps to lower cortisol in the body. It helps to lower heart rate and blood pressure. It helps to work biochemically as well as physically in the body because obviously it has those changes. And also we get that mental space and clarity. That in turn gives us the ability to choose how we emote and respond. So it really helps to work on all areas. Now, I'm not a breathwork specialist, but some people might find breathwork can also do that for them. Some people might find meditation or moving meditation is also a really beneficial way because essentially you're getting the two together again. You've got the mind and the body and you're creating space to become the observer of your experience instead of just in 
the trenches. And sometimes I kind of think, and everybody's stressed, like we're probably all dysregulated. And yes, normalize it. It's okay. <laughs> we, we're, we're all going to go through periods of being out of balance. And some of those periods may be longer than others. But does that mean we don't do anything about it? And the thing that really put it in to perspective for me is having that mirror and having a child who regulates themselves off you, essentially, because children regulate off their mothers um, or the primary kind of caregiver that is around all the time. But if that child is around somebody who is very dysregulated, they will start to pick up on it. And the pressure of that is petrifying. And sometimes when I read this stuff, I just think, oh my gosh, like this is a lot to take in. But the good thing about it is that it gives us permission to look after ourselves, to put on our own extra masks, to fill up our own cup, whatever way you want to say it or phrase it. It gives us permission to do what we need to do to bring ourselves back into a state instead of just continually pushing ourselves through. And obviously I'm talking about parenting here, but I'm talking about work as well. I'm talking about the wider life that we live because it's really important that we put ourselves and our balance in this state of priority, knowing that we're not going to be 100% balanced 100% of the time. That's not realistic. That's not life. It's just like somebody trying to tell you that you can be contented and happy all the time. No, it doesn't work like that. We've got to be able to feel it all to be able to navigate this world and to learn and understand ourselves. But when we notice that we are feeling dysregulated or we're not functioning as well as perhaps we could, we are feeling, you know, any of those list of things I've just reeled off at you, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to accept it or are we going to do something about it? And I want to be in the camp of people that do something about it. And sometimes taking action is not taking action as well. So it doesn't always have to be this active pushing thing that happens. It can be a gentle moment of sitting back and sitting with those feelings and those emotions, breathing. You know, it it doesn't have to be this big, long thing. I had the opportunity the other day when I noticed that I was really not myself. I was starting to get very stressed and just struggling. And my mum was a legend. She had Sully for a, a couple of hours. And I literally came home. I could have just done lots of work, but I just tapped. And actually, part of me could have said, well, you're getting stressed because you've got so much to do. So you need to do this stuff with this time. You need to be productive. But I knew that that was not going to help me to feel more calm. It didn't matter how much work I was able to do, which if I had tried, probably wouldn't be that much because I couldn't, wouldn't have been able to concentrate that well. Um, that wouldn't have helped me in that moment. And actually what did help me was just doing some tapping and spending an hour and a half really being able to feel how I felt. There was a lot of failure feelings coming up. There was a lot of, you know, I'm doing this all wrong, parenting, life, work, whatever, like a lot of fear. And once I was able to process all of that and I had that space, I was like, oh, okay, right, the sky is not falling down anymore. Like I feel, I feel okay. 
and I was able to step back in and be with my son and actually be present there and not constantly thinking about the next thing I had to do and we had one of the best bedtimes that we had had in a long time because I had come at it from a different angle now when we bring ourselves into this calmer place people do respond to it and children especially respond to it so being able to stop blaming myself and feeling like a failure for it all and actually just getting that barrier out of the way and just doing what I needed to do to help myself feel better that was the big thing that I needed to happen and that was a gift that my mum gave me and I gave myself so if you're like me this might have sparked a bit of an idea into understanding more about this some of the books I've been reading recently have been Bruce Perry his books are brilliant he did a book with Oprah called What Happened to You and his original book that I really started to love and respect him for was the boy that was raised as a dog and that's all about childhood development and how the brain starts to develop and I I really enjoyed that book even before you know having a child because I just think it's so fascinating how these early childhood experiences can affect our growth and our brain and the other one that I've just finished listening to as well is Gabor Mate, I never know how to say his name, so I've butchered it, but I'm very sure he won't ever listen to this and so won't be offended. Um, but I've just finished listening to his book, which does touch a little bit on dysregulation, but it is um, his book on addiction, more importantly, which is uh, in the realm of hungry ghosts. And again, it's interesting to notice all of the interlocking ways that stress and dysregulation and addiction and mental illness and behavioral issues all interweave and that's why I wanted to say at the beginning like I don't it's not that I don't think ADHD exists that's that's very far from the truth but I think being able to understand the wider picture and find the tools that we can to navigate it instead of seeing it as something that we we get a diagnosis and we stop. We get a diagnosis and, oh, that's it. Actually being able to understand ourselves more and be curious and compassionate to ourselves, I think that's such an empowering thing for us to be able to do. Thank you so much for joining in again. Hopefully my whistle-stop tour of dysregulation has given you something to think about. If you've got any questions, any thoughts on this episode, I would love to know yours. Maybe you have felt some of the ways that I have felt and perhaps it has given you a bit of a different perspective perhaps you disagree with me entirely um I welcome it all so send me a message on Instagram I am at we are mind body and I will look forward to seeing you again next time on the next episode of the echoes